If you would like to support the podcast and get some extra content while you're there, head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast and sign up from the rewatch to the Q&A. We will have loads of content every week. So sign up patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast. And now here's the podcast. Sean Sheehan of SevereMMA.com. He even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god. This is Severe MMA. 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 The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome to the Severe MMA podcast. Here's your host, Sean Sheehan. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 337 of the Severe MMA Podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Kenny Florian of Irish Mixed Martial Arts Media, Graham McDonald, as we talk about a fucking huge weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. And there's some stuff coming up next week as well. Uh, I'm tired, I'm weary. But we're uh, we're going to start it off. We're going to have a great chat here. But we uh, before we do that, we have two sponsors to tell you about. Uh, and uh, ho ho ho, gentlemen! The holidays have come early this year with Madscaped. Have that gift uh, that keeps on trimming. Santa's beard uh, isn't so appealing when it's coming out of your trousers, and that's why Manscaped, the leaders of blood away grooming, have you covered this holiday season. Now available in your country, join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped to keep their trees trimmed and orange ornaments polished go to manscaped.com and use the code severe and may for 20 percent off and free shipping jingle balls to the walls fellas listen up it's time to kill two birds with one trimmer and get yourself and your lady a gift i'm talking about the manscaped performance package 4.0 which myself and graham have been using for absolutely ages at this stage uh, inside that 4.0 you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 it's an electric trimmer that has proprietary advanced skin safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts it's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. Uh, uh, it's like to gift uh, f- for your partner with less mess. The Manscaped Perfect 4.0 also includes a crop preserver and ball reviver. A crop uh, reviver, even the anti-chafing ball, deodorant, moisturizer, and a toner. This hygiene bundle will come with a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers. That is the perfect wrapping for your presence. Uh, the performance package comes with tools to clean up the delicate places. Included in the new package is the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses 9,000 RPM motor power, 360-degree rotary dual blade system. Nobody, not even Santa, wants their hairs under that chimney. Manscaped is going beyond the grind with the new refined cologne which i have is absolutely uh it's absolutely fantastic offers a light yet masculine pleasing fragrance that will leave your lady on the naughty list this year <laughs> it's made with hypoallergenic ingredients that are vegan cruelty free dye free and paraben free this season uh it, it is the season to load up a manscape product so get yourself your dad your brother your friends the best gift of all that's manscape performance package 4.0 get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code severe mma at manscape.com that's 20 percent off and free shipping with the code severe manscape.com clean up your nuts and make santa proud this year so manscaped also 
This episode is with our friends over at BetUS. If you are in the US and Canada, betting season is in full force, NBA, NFL, the playoffs, everything like that. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That's BetUS.com. They have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 869-BETUS. It's 800-MY-BETUS. Or go to severemed.com forward slash BETUS. It'll take you right there and you'll receive 125% sign-up bonus by using the code SEVERE. And media re up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known as America's favorite sports book for a reason. BetUS has all your NBA and NHL games, player props, uh, Bellator, UFC, everything like that. Golf, online casino, the horse races, and everything like that. The, um, it's hundreds of games, it's a race book. Uh, they have every bet type imaginable and the sharp bet uh, US mobile platform is easy with full betting options so follow my lead and get on your phone online and social sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did bet US you bet you win you get paid so go to severemedicom forward slash bet US joining up we'll get 125% sign up bonus with the code severemed severemed.com forward slash bet US go there check it out US and Canada Right, Graham. Let's uh, let's let's get straight into it. Um, also, if you heard any like weird mic settings there in the intro, I think I have it fixed now. It should be okay. Um, but anyway, let's get into it. Um, Bellator Dublin. It was a fucking. It was a wild night. It was a it was a big night for Irish mixed martial arts. I know you were in the crowd, and I think that's where we need to start because the crowd stole the show. Really, you know, sometimes the previous cards like McGregor stole the show, or maybe a Gallagher stole the show, or Queeley in the past stole the show, but it was the crowd, and I think people getting back, you know, to to reality. I suppose in a little bit of of a way, anyway. That was the the story of, of Friday night. You were in the middle of it. How do, how did it feel to be in there in the madness? Yeah, it was a brilliant atmosphere. You know, we, we talked about a pre-fight in um in the podcast and how how the atmosphere is, and maybe some people um who haven't really, you know, been to an Irish kind of you know, it's hard to pick up on TV how actually loud it is. But I think I think Bellator did a good job this time. But obviously in the crowd it is much louder and you know, uh, Irish fans really get behind their own, but but uh they also, you know, appreciate good fighting and I think I think you know. Obviously, it didn't it didn't go really the Irish way uh, in terms of results for the most part. But I think it was a a big night and an important night for Irish MMA to get back on track and kind of ir- uh, irrelevant of the of the kind of main results. Yeah, I, like I, I think that's the story of it. We'll get into results and all of that uh, in a second and 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 kind of what it means and all. But I think. Just uh, this week, I was kind of, you know, when we were previewing the show and we were talking about it, I think we were we were saying about, like, how people just to get out of the house, basically, are going to really enjoy it and really go mad and really, you know, get up for it. And they they did. I remember, like, it, the crowd were, were slow enough coming in, necess- you know, compared to yeah. maybe all the... All the first this. couple of fights were it was half full. We're kind of used to seeing, you know, yeah. first fight of the night. But there was big queues outside to get in and stuff as well. And there was construction going on around it. And, you know, I was trying to go in uh, entrance two and we were sent the wrong way by the security and stuff. So there was a lot of kind of mess going on outside of people actually getting in. There was a lot of people queuing outside even before the event had started. So I think that might have played a... Played a 
yeah. big part and of kind of the, the late entrance. People were getting checked with like IDs and you have to have your COVID cert. So it wasn't just, you know, normally you go up to an, uh, an event, you show the ticket and you get in. You have to show a ticket, you have to show a COVID cert. I had to show an ID. I don't know that everyone have to do that or not. Maybe it was just the media, but I saw people show, having to show a COVID cert and things outside as well. It was what, it, it just took a, a long time for people to get in. But my kind of point was, it was loud for the first fight, you know. Stephen Costello came out and I, I remember looking up, I was like, oh Jesus, not, you know, we're kind of not used to this, I suppose, for the crowd. Because usually, you know, maybe there's an SBG versus Rhino fight first and there's like the, you know, the the, the, the SBG gym section where maybe there's, you know, 500 yeah. people. Family and, and friends. Like yeah. That, yeah. And then there's the same for the Rhino and they're both, those sections are going mad but you, and you can kind of pick out those sections. But this time it was like the whole crowd were kind of got up for it. Maybe the, the 2000 that were there, maybe or whatever at that stage, maybe a little bit more. But, you know, it, it ended up filling up then. But uh, it was, <laughs> it definitely had the vibe of people being mad up for it and uh, I, I think that was the the kind of the main the main part of the main story of of the night it's just the crowd is amazing and people have often talked about the Irish crowds being the best crowds in the world but it's I think it's hard to deny it after a night like that last night it was uh it, it was just unbelievable it was it was amazing and it was great to be back in it and you know I just kind of looking up at it sometimes it's like Jesus Christ it's been it's been so long it's been a rough fucking two years for everyone you know I don't care if for us sitting here in front of this fucking microphone that works half the time or if you're a year at home you know listening to this or if you're one of the you know the nine and a half thousand people or whatever it was in the crowd or the people fighting in the cage it's been a tough fucking time for everyone and I think people kind of let loose a little bit on, uh, on Friday night in a, in a very good way there was no fucking trouble or anything like that and even after the fights I what I what I loved was when Patchy Mix got a bit of a, a cheer, you know, and when Pitbull got a bit of a cheer, and you know when there was like an armbar attempt yeah. and the people were cheering. That's what I was kind of like, that's kind of what I was saying earlier. It's not just like you know 100 percent behind the Irish guys and we we hate the other guys. There's definitely a bit of that, but there's definitely you know respect for good um, good technique and good fights and yeah. you know uh, for good fighters that you know Irish fans are kind of um i'd say most of the nine thousand or nine and a half thousand Irish fans there are pretty clued in on like you know bellator over the years and and they appreciate you know uh how big of a fight that was for for creely and and you know against pitbull and uh, although they obviously were hugely on uh Creeley's side there, there was that respect afterward which is nice to see as well you know because pitbull came in fought fought a, a good fight and you know uh he won fair and square so it's good to show him that a bit of uh appreciation and you know it's not an easy place to come in that we talked about it before you know it's 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 a hostile atmosphere it was like you know, patchy mentioned himself in the post fight interview there's a big adrenaline dump from that and you know that can play that can play into the difficulty of the fight so uh yeah it's good to see the, the irish fans really support their guys and also appreciate the the other opponent fighters you know, I think that's kind of a lot of people had a bad taste in their mouth after, or didn't 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 like the the kind of reaction of the fans and the the Jose Aldo and Connor World Tour yeah. the way they kind of disrespected Aldo. It's all like you know, where uh, warfare and all that. But you know, I think people thought like this guy's been around for a long time. He's achieved a lot. He deserves kind of a bit of respect. So you know, uh, maybe Irish fans might have. Uh, 
have a bit of a bad name because of that. But I think if you actually um, go to Irish MMA events and kind of you'll see what we're talking about, that there is a lot of respect. And uh, obviously they, they want their guys to win, but they, they do appreciate good martial arts, uh, even if it, it goes against the, the hometown guy. Yeah, I, I literally couldn't agree more. And like there's, there's I suppose there's been like little bits of negativity and stuff in the past before about, you know, certain aspects of the crowds and stuff. But last night or Friday night, sorry, was was insane. It's it's now like Sunday evening. I still feel like it's last night. I haven't slept much, but uh, it, yeah, it was it was great. I remember before the or after one of the Bellator events. I remember myself and Andrew did a did a podcast here. It was it was it wasn't that long ago, but he popped on because he was at the event too, and we discussed it. I remember he was kind of saying, "Oh, there was people from all over the country and different places, and it was like the most widespread crowd ever uh, at an event." And he was dead right, and I think it was the same the last year. But I also think, as I mentioned briefly a second, it was the most educated. Like when you, when you see someone, you know, changing a position to get into a slightly better position, that most people wouldn't have a clue what that means, you know, watching at home, and the crowd go, "Oh, like." <laughs> in a unit of 9,000 people you know like Jesus Christ that's a very very well educated crowd and it absolutely was and I think there there is a little bit of like the um, the McGregor era fans that were only McGregor fans have kind of faded away a bit and maybe the scene is smaller in terms of fans but I think it's bigger in terms of like hardcore fans who have stuck to it and became fans maybe through the McGregor era. Now maybe they aren't even, maybe they still are McGregor fans and maybe they're not anymore and they're just fans of MMA or whatever it might be or maybe they're a John Jones fan or a Cameron Usman fan which we get to that or whatever it might be but I think um, the, there was always a fan base of, you know, going back to UFC 93 who filled the stadium but I feel like to, to do it for a Bellator card like this, it was uh, it was absolutely huge and it was fantastic. And I uh, coming into the week, I wasn't sure what the fan base would be like, you know, or how full the place would be. Now I, I looked on Ticketmaster, and you know, it was I, I think all bar maybe six or seven hundred tickets were full on the night. It looked like maybe there was only two hundred that hadn't been sold, which is you know basically a sellout. Um, so it was I knew it'd be good, but I didn't I didn't think it'd be I, I not I didn't think it'd be I didn't know for sure that it'd be that amazing. And the crowd would be up for it I thought it would be but they, but they were and you couldn't say a bad word about the crowd and even myself walking around and the other people there you know people coming up to you and saying hello and saying thanks very much and just the positivity was honestly I was I, I couldn't believe it I honestly couldn't believe it people were so nice and you know I, I think uh, fair play to all the lads this week Andrew and, and Ian and Kielsha and Jake and Harry and yourself and you know Everyone uh, probably leaving someone out now on on Severe May who's done a uh, done an absolutely fantastic job this week, and uh, I'm very proud of the team. But uh, I think the people appreciate it as well, and I heard that, and I really appreciate it as well. But the the one negative thing I I think from the week for me, and we we get into the fights and stuff too, because like there are a little bit of some positives and negatives there. But look, you win you win and you lose, and in, in MMA and that's the game. And we will get to that. But I thought like the media scene was smaller than I've ever seen it before, and like. I know Ariel kind of mentioned on, on the, the MMA or this week, like Ireland has the best media scene. And I think we have over the years. It's been fantastic. And it's, I'm not saying that it's bad now, but there was very little people there. Like I know the guys from the the Energize show were there on the night and they're at media day and they're, they're, they're funny with their gas made. I think they're doing, the, doing a great job to support him as well without a shadow of a doubt and support everyone Irish MMA media, not just severe MMA. But I, they put us into like a small room on, on the Windsor for the media there and like 
there wasn't that the radio channels there like there was back in the day. The, I think there was one newspaper there with, with two people. There was lads from Energized. And there was one or two others, and that was it, you know, for a, a world title fight in, in Dublin. On, uh, on Thursday morning, showed up for the Wayans for, like, if, if you don't make weight for the title fight, there's going to be no title fight. You know, that, that, that big, these Wayans mean something. It's not just their normal Wayans. Do you know how many? Um, why do you, what, why no, do you one, think one that second, is? One second. Do you know how many outlets showed up? Not three, two. One. Severe MMA. Myself and Quilch just showed up. There was no other outlet there. Nobody else showed up. No other media member showed up. There was Bellator over there, yeah, and the Virgin Media over there, and Nathan did a good job. He's a he's fantastic, Nathan for Virgin Media, but he's you know broadcast partners. There was no one there, and I, I that was to me was the most shocking part. It was like the Irish MMA media scene has, apart from the people I mentioned, and of course there's one or two more without a shadow of a doubt. But the scene that was there years ago is seemingly gone you know it just didn't really exist anymore and to just get people you know uh emailing you and saying oh how do i become an mma media member how can i work for severe man all of that i'm not hearing that half as much anymore and i kind of i kind of kind of all came home to roost you know you still had a few lads turning up on friday to to get a free ticket to watch the fights you know and doing absolutely nothing there but like it's it's and look some people showed up and just for friday because they were working or whatever and did stuff there as well so i'm not you know i'm not calling anyone out or anything but there was it, mm. it, this the scene i don't know i i don't know and what were you going to say why, yeah i don't know why do you why do you think that is i i, I don't know mate you know obviously it's not a it's not a game an mma mma media is not a game where you can make a a lot of money or any money <laughs> yeah but um, i think people know that uh, though like like we, how long do we go without did people know that when they when they first you know when the first kind of uh connor explosion happened did people did people know that then or did they think oh i can make a career out of this and then they realized that it's it's very difficult you know there's, there's very little shows in dublin you got to pay for your own travel hotels all that stuff it, it isn't it isn't an easy you know circus to follow <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean or maybe it's the fact that the media in ireland is already established and it's harder to break in maybe maybe that's it but i i don't know i honestly like i was i was a little bit worried to be honest and i was like it's a pity because like you like to see the next people coming through and you like to see them coming to the shows and see the same faces and, and different things and you know it was great to see quilty there it was great to see andy there and they, they did a fantastic job but and, and maybe i'm you know maybe because we kind of took them over to severe and that's a bit unfair so maybe there was more than <laughs> there with severe and all. but uh, yeah i don't know i was that was the one thing, really. That that was. We, we, we just me. we just snapped up all the. We snapped all the up good all the talent. talent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're the we're the fucking the Man City U team of of Irish MMA media. Yeah, but uh, I like I just feel like back in the day you did it because you loved the sport. You know, I started writing about the sport. I kind of fell into it because I loved the sport because I was a fan of the sport. Like, where are those people now? Like, there was nine thousand people there the last day, and I guarantee you, not all of them were watching it back in UFC ninety three or, or watching, you know, UFC, you know, ninety seven or UFC ten or whatever it might well, maybe, be. Maybe, maybe it was like what I did, where people just were like, "Here, I'm gonna go and drink and enjoy this this crowd <laughs> instead of actually working as media." But I think maybe maybe that's a wishful thinking. Yeah. I don't know. I think there is an issue as well, though. That you know, because of Conor McGregor and because of kind of the the reputation he has now in in Ireland and on Irish media, that outlets are just not covering it because they associate MMA with Conor McGregor and they don't want to be associated with Conor McGregor. Like I know, off the, they they do they want to put Conor McGregor in every headline still. You know what yeah, I mean? In most of these places, like off the ball, they they had John Kavanaugh on, I think during the week and they had Brian Moore on maybe six months ago. But they used to be going to the events. You know, I remember Colin Parkinson when he was working from was there. Uh, Owen Sheehan was there. I think at the last one or, or two ago maybe. 
uh, maybe they were there on Friday. I didn't see it, but they weren't there at media day during the week. And there was like uh, I remember I used to always be on game on and on two FM. I haven't got a call from them in in probably two years at this stage. It's just and and like this is this is a Beltor title fight, lightweight title fight in the main event here. James Gallagher's coming back. This is a, this is a big fight night, you know. And it, it that scene has definitely died away without a shadow of a doubt and uh you know that was but anyway maybe we, we're concentrating too much on that and we'll talk more about that uh but let, let's let's get into the fights a little bit so i suppose look it was it was a pretty deflating final uh you know two fights on uh, on friday night and it was it was always a possibility that it'd go that way and I asked Peter Queeley about it in the in the pre-fight. It's like, what if what if Pedro loses? What if James loses? What's it going to be like for you? And now Pedro won and James lost, so maybe it was a bit of a a fifty fifty run for him. But James had just lost before that as well, and the crowd were kind of deflated. But they came back again when Zombie came on, and uh, and and Queeley had that. But it was it was immediate deflation, I think, afterwards as well. What was it like being in the crowd? Like the, the silence was was kind of deafening afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely, the crowd definitely had to kind of pick themselves back up again for the Queely fight, as you said, but uh, having Zombie as you're walking and kind of, you know, did the job pretty pretty quickly, for pretty well. Obviously, uh, James's, uh, you know, uh, fight was, was kind of disappointing for the fans, but uh, I think, you know, even though I, I, I thought James w- w- could win this fight, or it was a 50-50 fight, I think, uh, as you said, everybody kind of knew there was a decent possibility that, that James would lose that fight. It wasn't like a huge kind of upset loss, even though obviously uh, obviously the, the fans were disappointed. But, you know, um, what, 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 what can you do? You know, Queely's, Queely's, as you said, knew this was, a, this, this was a possibility in MMA. You know, anything can happen. But I, I think, you, as he said, you just got to put it out of your head and just, just concentrate on what you're doing and, and go. You can't really worry about uh, other people's results, even if they are close friends of yours if they win or if they lose you kind of i think john kavan said in the past you know, if you win or lose just don't come back into the the dressing room you know <laughs> yeah either way just uh just kind of stay away and let, let the people concentrate in their fight so i'm, I'm sure creedy's been in this position before where he's he's been on cards and teammates have lost before so obviously he'd be disappointed and the crowd are disappointed but i think everybody was able to pick themselves up i don't think I don't think James losing before played any part in, in the Queeley fight, really. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Let, let, let's talk. Let's talk about James first and, and that fight. I, I think the, the general consensus now. I'm, I'm not giving my opinion here, but the general consensus of people I spoke to after the fight said that James looked way better. That he looked better on the feet. That he looked slicker. That he was hitting better. What did you think from up in the up in the gantry watching it? Yeah, I think there was there was definitely improvements to to his game, his striking, uh, especially. Obviously, his his grappling and and wrestling have always been pretty good. Um, I, I think you know uh, he's obviously been around a long time. We've been following him a long time, but he, he still is very young and he still is learning. And he just moved to a, to a new camp, so I think we can we, we can expect uh, more improvements. But uh, yeah, I think you know he he didn't look like a, a completely new fighter or anything, but I think he definitely you know. Um, added some kind of roundedness to his to his striking and his defensive striking looked a little bit better. He looked a little bit more confident on the feet maybe than before in the past. So, yeah, I think it was a positive signs for James. Obviously, uh, this, it's a loss and he, he'll have things to go back and look at and improve on. Even if he had a one, he's, he's still young, he's still improving, he's still working with these coaches for the first time. So, uh, you know, it's a loss, but I, like it's not like in boxing where, you know, it's, it's all over for James. Like, James will 
will definitely uh, be back uh, better than ever. Yeah, I I agree. I I think he'll be back, and I think uh, I think he's in a good place to improve. The one thing I would say about like uh, James's improvements and how he looked on the feet are, I I don't think look unless James went out there and you know jabbed the face off Patchy Mix and knocked him out in in a round or two. I don't. I actually don't think it was a great fight to show those improvements just because of the way Apache Mix fights. Like I think, uh, and I said this before coming in. I think it kind of played out that way. I think James is maybe a little bit underrated, and I think Apache is a little bit overrated, baby. And be, I, and that's why I thought the line I, was. A I, I think bit I off. might have underrated. Uh, I think I underrated Apache Mix's. Uh, oh, his ground game. Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I knew that was yeah, good yeah, as a striker. Yeah. Though yeah. I knew, I knew it was good. Yeah, as a striker, I don't think he. You know, it definitely doesn't match up with his ground game. But I think I, I underestimate, or I did underestimate, uh, Patchy's, uh, uh jitsu I thought like if James was to get like a, a choke, like he near, like he's he went for it, the the guillotine. I thought you know he'd be able to finish that. We've seen him finish you know loads of the fights in the similar manner. But in fairness, Apache. He toughed it out and reversed the position. Spent most of the most of the grappling exchanges, uh, do, not dominating but winning. So, yeah, um, you know, I think maybe he's over, maybe you think he's overrated as an all round fighter, but I think maybe uh, I underestimated his uh, his grappling ability. Yeah, I, I I don't think he's over. I, look, his grappling is fantastic. I think it is. I don't I don't think his striking is that good. I think he's dangerous because he's kind of a powerful guy and he's powerful takedowns and things like that. Um, but I think James, like, uh, uh, the, the one issue with James and you're fighting someone like Patchy Mix, who is kind of, who tries to stay safe on the feet and throws like those big support hooks over the top is, like, James, I don't think is the most athletic guy in the world in terms of, like, speed or power. Now, when he gets to the ground, I think he's very nimble and he's very intelligent. He does all the right things and he can move well there. I think it'll take a long time to become a technical striker if that's the way James Gallagher's going. And I hope that's the way he's going. Because what you, your point as well about looking better defensively, that was the biggest thing for me. I don't think it was a great fight to show the offensive improvements, but I think in any fight you could show the defensive improvements on the feet, and I think he definitely did that. There was definite signs of improvement, but I I don't agree with the people who are saying, oh, James Gallagher's like a new striker, and he's... Because James Gallagher wasn't a terrible striker before even, you know? So I haven't gone back and watched a good bit. It's, it's weird. Maybe the things I'm saying are are hard for people to pick out but if you listen to the podcast before and listen to this podcast maybe they make a little bit more sense um but there, look there were signs of improvement for james but i don't think it was a, a blow away like improvement because of the opponent more more so than anything but having said that you know patchy on the ground is fantastic james on the ground is, is fantastic as well um and it, it, look it was one of those fights that as I, I tweeted last week about a fight that was more guillotines and fucking Napoleon and this was one of those it was just non-stop guillotine after guillotine after guillotine it's as well where I was it it was very hard to, to watch the whole fight so it was I haven't got back and watched it yet but from being there close to it it looked like one of those fights where I didn't think there was going to be a finish because they were kind of evenly matched on the ground and it was going to be a fucking nightmare to score for the judges because there was a lot of stuck in the guillotine kind of rounds where, right, is that guillotine effective? You know? Yeah, how close is it? It's hard to know sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, how, how do you score that? Do you score that as an effective uh, submission maneuver or not? Because he's not getting the finish and for James and for, for Patchy. So it was it was a tough fight. It was a close fight. Um, it was it was very interesting. Patchy said afterwards they're going to meet again. And I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. But uh, look, with James Gallagher, there's always going to be 
an extra bit of opinion because it's James Gallagher, you know. But if you were to look at this as a fighter, he he rose up in level as James Crowe said afterwards on Instagram, and it was a relatively even fight, you know. So if you're looking at someone who's 13 fights into their career against someone who's 16 fights into their career, a relatively even fight, one wins. Let's move on and see how both of them improve. Like it. I, I put up on Twitter the other day, like someone said, this is this is um, Irish MMA kind of dying, I suppose. Um, and I was like, if you're expecting success all the time in MMA, you're in the wrong fucking sport. Now, like I, I was talking to Philip O'Connor, who was one of the great media members, actually, who came over and to, to write a story uh, about it on, uh, on it was a Thursday night. And uh, he was kind of coming over and he, uh, he, he said to me, he's like writing a story about like the, uh, the rebirth of Irish MMA. And I was like, Jesus, I feel I don't know if this is the best <laughs> the best time to do this. These lads have two fucking tough fights. Like the two two of these lads in the top two could lose, and they, they ended up doing that. And he looked at me afterwards. And he's like, "Well, look, that's sport, I suppose." And this it is, it is sport. Like we we look at fights. You know, sometimes look if you're Frank Edgar last night, we'll get to him, and you've won championships. It's like eleven years since you won a title, and you're looking old as fuck, and you lose, you lose badly to someone who shouldn't be on your level. Then absolutely, you know, you can ta- start talking about retirement. You can start talking about he's not that anymore. When you're someone like James Gallagher and you've had 13 fights and you're fucking 24 years of age, or you're Peter Queeley and this is your first real move in our well, your your first real move into big fights with the with the two fights against Patricky. It's not like it's over. It's not like you can't keep improving. It's not like you can't come back. Um, and lo- losses happen. Losses are going to happen in MMA. This is not fucking boxing where you can have 50 you know, fights like in a, a row. A couple of years ago, Queeley lost to Joe McCulgan, who was outside of Irish MMA, was completely unknown. And, you know, look look at him now. Queeley's in, as you said, um, two, obviously, Pitbull, he fought twice. He's in two of the, the biggest fights you can get in Bellator and one for a title. So in MMA, a lot can change very quickly and losses here and there don't necessarily define you like they do maybe in boxing. It'll be, I, I, yeah, I think we'll be get to Queenie, but I, I, I think it'll be interesting to see what James Gallagher does next. Like he said, um, his uh, his partner is pregnant as well, and he said he's staying over in America before the fight. I'd be interested to see what happens if that is the case, or if he comes back to SPG, or if he does a bit of both. Or you know, it, it does seem like he is set on America and James Cross, but um, you know, we, we'll see how that works. But for Patchy, you know, he moves on as well and moves towards the uh, the title run. He did miss weight as well. We must mention that. Um, and he looked, he looked really bad on the scale. He was kind of, he was walking around limping afterwards. I think he was probably limping a bit before as well, but he wasn't making any excuses or anything like that. And the, uh, like I said, I don't know, did you see a grab over in our group? But I, I heard that the people were uh, were quarantining from Sunday. I'm like, well, what, wait for the fights to follow, wait for the, the weight misses. And a couple of fights did follow. We'd only one weight miss, miraculously. But yeah, I think that was, uh, that was always going to happen. And, um, you know, you you can have a you can have sympathy for James without a shadow of a doubt because Patchy did didn't miss weight, but uh, in the fight itself was a, it was a fair fight and Patchy mixing those uh, winning and James Gallagher came out afterwards and he was very uh, magnanimous about it. But look, we'll talk more about that fight anyway. And then look, the main event Peter Queeley against Patricky Pitbull. I thought, to be honest, look, the walkout was was unbelievable. Um, Patricky, Patricky was kind of smiling as he came out, and I was looking at him. It was, it was kind of dark when when Queeley was was he had, walking he had, out. He had his ear, he had his earphones did, on, yeah, to, yeah, to try and drown out. I think to you know not be affected by the crowd. I don't think that's possible. To be honest, <laughs> I honestly don't think it's possible. Like even the James Walker was unbelievable. You know, Patchy had said oh, I've been in bigger, better crowds than this. He fucking hasn't been in better crowds than it. No, no way. But I, I kind of saw Patricky was smiling a little bit as as Queeley was coming out. You know. 
I asked him before he, before the fights and he said that he liked that song and he'd enjoy it and I think he kind of did a little bit and the fight started that way as well I thought Queely looked very nervous at the start um, and he kind of I think he said that himself on uh, on on Twitter uh, or maybe maybe I'm mixing up with being Gary but I, I thought he did look nervous but when he came out for the second I thought he looked better you know I thought he looked less nervous I thought he started throwing his shots and then we had the eye poke um, which you know I maybe I'm showing a bit of Irish bias here and I grand I'm going to say it anyway because I, I genuinely think this like I think I think Patricky did look he did the right thing by trying to like let he get his eye free out there was a, definitely an eye poke there and he rubbed the shirt on it but he definitely took enough time to uh, kind of get his cardio back a little bit because this was a fight that if it had gone long I think it would have come down to that and he took that time and then he came out and he you know he hurt yeah. Queely that's, almost that's, immediately that's smart fighting you know obviously Queely committed the fouls he had the chance he he can he can milk that and you know that, that's good the game, experience yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow of it. And yeah, I'm not like I'm not criticizing him too much for it, but it, yeah, it is, it is a, it was a part of it, and I definitely think it played into this. But it, it, it was one of those ones where Queely, it was a shot I was right behind it, and I was looking right at it, and I still didn't even fucking see it. It was one of those shots you'd hardly see. It came out of nowhere, and Queely got rocked by it, and he tried his best to get back. But you know, I, I, some people were giving out about the stoppage. There was booze for a second, I think. Uh, it was a good stoppage. There's absolutely no doubt about that. He was really badly hurt. He couldn't defend himself. And he was kind of, when you have that kind of turn to the cage and your head is right there to be punched, you have to stop it. And uh, I think the referee did a good job there. But I don't know, it was funny. Um, Patricky was asked afterwards about the trilogy. Um, and I know the first fight was a bit weird the way it ended. But usually when it is one and one I think most people would be like, oh, yeah. And he, he kind of just didn't answer the question. Or someone yeah, asked. You know, I want to go to the pool. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> it's his answer it's like alright yeah the problem is like it was Conor McGregor was was one of these dummies who were fucking asking Jake Paul questions there and he was asking oh what about Conor McGregor and then he didn't even answer the fucking question but uh yeah so I, I don't know I don't think it'll happen immediately but it, I wouldn't be surprised if Queely goes in there and gets another win I could see that fight happening like Queely versus Benson Henderson I think it'd be a good fight you know Benson Henderson just lost Queely just lost I think that fight makes sense if they're coming back in February Benson, Benson talked about wanting to fight in, in, in Ireland. Ireland he did yeah so, yeah you know he says he wants to be in exciting fights he wants to be in big fights I think you know he'd probably be interested in that fight and I'm sure Queely would as well yeah yeah let's let's uh let's make that up but congratulations you know Apache he was uh he, he seemed he was one of those lads that seemed absolutely a uh, tricky <laughs> yeah sorry god it was so confusing this week but anyway he um <laughs> it was the worst. He, he seemed to really enjoy ireland you know and he really seemed to enjoy the fans and you know there's a large brazilian uh, population here and you could hear him saying here. you know as he, as he was fighting and in the irish crowd were like uh trying to go with the hoop there it is as they were singing it as well it was, it was fantastic there was a good bit of banter going on in the crowd as well and, uh, you know, it was uh, it was it was it was brilliant. It was it was uh, a great night, and like obviously he got the the kind of the the adulation of the crowd in afterwards it, the, a little bit anyway, and as did Patchy Mix after the fight. So very respectful and, and absolutely great stuff uh, there. And look, Irish MMA, it's had great years. It had the five winners at UFC Dublin. You know, it had Liam McCourt winning in the main event. It's had James Gallagher winning in the main event. You know, we see even in the Cage Warriors one where we had Ian Gary winning and Reese McKee winning and John McColgan and probably John Mitchell and I'm probably forgetting a few more. Um, all winning great nights in Irish MMA. 
this was a great night in Irish MMA too, right? And and don't get that twisted. People can lose, and they lost, and they lost fair and square, both lads. Um, but it was still a great night in Irish MMA. You know, there was great fucking fights, great fun, great crowd. The scene is strong, and uh, you know, long may it continue. Because it's it's not always going to be fucking sunshine and roses. So, you know, fair play to them. Right, let's run tr- down through the rest of the card because this podcast is probably going to be six hours if we don't. Um, Pedro Carvalho, Daniel Veitch, very fucking close fight, I thought. Very good comeback. It looked at one yeah. stage that Pedro was done and, you know, he was getting hit. He wasn't really moving his head very well and Veitch was landing, but he, he toughed it out. I think he said in the in the post-fight scrum to us that, you know, maybe he wouldn't have been able to tough it out if he didn't have the kind of crowd on uh, behind him, giving him that extra push, giving him that extra energy and he, he really kind of harnessed it and, you know, it was a really, really close second round, but the judges, you know, gave him the unanimous decision. And I don't think many people, you know, you could you could argue either way. It went either way, but I don't think it was a, a robbery or anything like that. You can definitely you can definitely you know, have your opinion on the second round. It was very close. Like both guys were hurt. I think at, one, at various stages, but uh, yeah, it was a, it was a really good fight. Uh, Whitechill's obviously you know been around for forever. Uh, he's a he's he's a very big win for Pedro, the biggest win of Pedro's career so far. So uh, obviously he's been in a title shot before, but I think th- th- this is this is the biggest win of his career, and hopefully uh, you know he can he can kind of make his way back towards the the title contention. Yeah, I, I thought as someone kind of watching it, a uh, cage side who was uploading videos and typing and stuff at the same time, I thought Vichel had done enough to win, but, you know, uh, respect the judges and they got the decision, I'm sure they got it right. I haven't had the chance to watch it back, but, you know, it was one of those fights very, very close. And I think Pedro this week has really emerged as as someone who was... I, I remember I tweeted maybe two years ago that is Pedro Carvalho the best active Irish fighter in the world, you know, with Conor McGregor not around... And, um, you know, maybe, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But I think this was his first fight fighting in the tree arena. And I think this week, and it had the fight itself, I think he kind of emerged as, as a fan favorite. He spoke very well. Like, I asked him afterwards, what was it like to be the last Irish man to win? You know, the last person representing Ireland to win on, on the tree arena night. And he was so proud, like, of coming to Ireland and getting off the bus right in front of the tree arena and saying, I'm going to fight there one time. And, you know... A proud Portuguese, but also very, very proud to represent Ireland, and it's, you know, it was fantastic to see. It was, it was great. And he spoke very well. He great interview with Andy. Even, you know, it's not all about the fight. If you haven't seen it yet, go over to Severe Man, watch it. It was, it was absolutely fantastic, and he seems like a great guy, and uh, it was great to see him win. And, you know, Daniel White just spoke well this week as well. So he's a very, very good fighter. It's good to see him fighting on Irish soil, and I, I'd say the same about Patchy Mix and Patricky Pitbull, but um. Yeah, other than that, then Elias Bulliad and George Sasu had an even enough fight, a split decision win for Bulliad there. Um, you know, even enough matchups. Sasu, I thought, did better on the feet maybe than people were expecting, but Bulliad goes 3 0 uh, there. Um, Kieran Clark, for a, you know, a close fight until he got the finish with only, what, 50 seconds or 49 seconds left. Well, what do you think of this one, Greg? He took some shots, it was back and forth, and it was, it was, this was a wild one, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was a tougher fight than I expected for for Kieran. Obviously, he got the the rear naked choke finish as you mentioned, but it, he definitely didn't have it all his own way. He took some big shots. Uh, he kind of tried to make it dirty and then a bit of a scrap, and I think that that kind of worked for him in the end and, and led to him getting the finish. Um, obviously, he's four and zero now. He's he's still young in his career. He's still working his way up to some good. It's a good win, you know. You can you can look at that win and go back to the gym and improve on things, and also keep your 
keep your pro record undefeated. So, you know, I think uh, it was a very good night uh, for the development of, of, of Kieran Clark. Yeah, 100%. That one, that's one will uh, definitely stand him. Uh, Daniel Scatizzi as well, got a unanimous decision win over Brian High. I almost got knocked out with a head kick. I was right behind that head kick and I was like, oh shit, as it landed, it was one of those. I thought he was, I thought he was gone, but he didn't. So a good win there for Scatizzi, Lee Chadwick. And uh, Androvic's uh, split decision win there. Uh, Sakaram got like a fucking 15 second uh, knockout over Charlie Milner, who came in looking like fucking me with a big fat belly on him. And um, good, good decision, a good win for uh, for Gokan. He looked, uh, he looked an absolute animal, but it wasn't the, the toughest matchup in the world. Let's be honest here. Uh, Nicholas Seoli against Bobby Pallet. This is one of the ones I kind of I didn't see all of it, so maybe it would be better. Someone else would be better than me because I was out doing the, the Danny Nealon scrum, so I missed some of this, but. Um, a split decision, a close fight. Um, the fight started off, the night started off then with Steve Costello lost by a heel hook uh, to Yusuf there in the first one. And then Danny Nealon against uh, Audrey Cruz. Probably the most dominant win for an Irish person. Uh, Danny looked absolutely fantastic. You know, she just dominated from start to finish. Now, I don't think Cruz is the best fighter in the world. And Danny kind of said that in the interview afterwards as well. But, um, you know, 5 and 0 now. We were. I'm just looking at the uh, the awards there during the week and kind of starting to get them going now before Christmas. Danny Neela might be up there as like the emerging Irish prospect of the year. She looked very good, dominant here, wasn't she? Yeah, sorry, the dogs are barking in the background here, but uh, yeah, she's kind of worked her way up, um, you know, steadily but surely and pretty much dominated all of her fights and that continued in, in Dublin and you know she could have she could have easily kind of won the won the decision and just played it safe but she she went for the finish and you know uh, have, you, have you a license for them dogs for fuck's sake yeah yeah I know they're going it, mad in the background is it here. the fireworks I think they've, they've, stopped, they've stopped now somebody was at the door so oh, whenever right. somebody's at the door they, they lose their minds <laughs> yeah, poor old dog do you still have that one is it a Pomeranian or am I gone mad yeah, he's yeah. a he's a mix between a Pomeranian and a Spitz. I remember I came into your house one day and I was I was dying to go to the toilet and I didn't realize he was there and he jumped up and he was like, "Ah, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm gonna shit myself." <laughs> he's, he's, a, <laughs> he's a mad dog, that lad. He's a great man. But uh, but anyway, yeah, back to Daddy Nealon. Uh, I think yeah, what you said there. She yeah, she looks good everywhere you know she called out Valerie Leda as well afterwards and, and everything like that also she said I'm her favourite Irish MMA media member so like T- Danny Nealon I, I, I don't know apparently she said to Ian that we say her name wrong so maybe it's Danny Nylon is it Danny no- I'm not sure she'll have to tell us but anyway but um, as, as her biggest fan I can't believe you don't know yeah I, I, I should not I think it's I, I don't know I'll have to get like a voice note or something to, to, to 100% but I know she'll be listed anyway she's signed up to Patreon she's a big fan of everything there so I really appreciate it and and uh, I must get her on to uh, to uh, to co-host the show, maybe even, and we'll we'll talk a bit of shit about uh, about MMA. But uh, yeah, she, honestly, even all that aside, one of the standout performances here, and what a, what a great time for women's MMA in Ireland. And let's let's get onto it. We might as well. Um, we might as well transition over to that because. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you know, um, Danny's kind of shown that, like you know, the doing the IMAFs and doing your time on the the amateur scene really stands to you. You know. Uh, a lot of people are in a rush to get, you know, turn pro, get their get their first pro fight, get paid, and they're in a rush to get the Cage Warriors or Bellator or the UFC. But you know, I think you know all this experience, all the all these um, camps, all, all, all these uh, you know big big nights and and improvements you can you can see from looking back at your fights. I think these are all like huge huge things that Absolutely. people are kind of 
too easy to kind of try and bypass, which, you know, they really do stand to you, uh, these experiences. And if you can get them without blemishing your pro record, then I think you, you should jump at that chance. Uh, obviously, you know, some people don't have a lot of money and want to get that, that, that pro money, but for your career as, as a long-term objective, I think, you know, sticking it out in amateur and going over to one of these IMMAF World Championships is, is a really good decision and it's a, it's really shown and stood to Nanny to Danny Nanny Nanny, Nanny Dillon <laughs> yeah uh, I was going to say uh, Dillon but then I was like oh I better not fuck up her name so I'll just say Danny <laughs> then I said neither she, she said afterwards actually she's like oh, two more fights get to 7-0 and oh, and didn't see where we're kind of going and I, I asked her because look uh, it's weird at, at the Bellator press conference I asked her would you like to go to the UFC <laughs> which I got a few dirty looks off the Bellator PR guys and I apologise but I had to ask it because they don't have a strawweight division in Bellator um, and look they've done a great job getting her fights and she's 5-0 and they even let her go out and get a fight I think she was out in Germany I think she was talking about getting to 7-0 and and didn't see where she goes like I think she could go to the UFC like Danny's Danny could hang in the UFC at at, uh, at one fifteen especially in two or three fights and you know she seems to be on that path of getting fights as you mentioned getting experience getting the camp getting the weight cut down to the right you know the 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 perfect kind of place and the perfect timing and all of that and once you get to that seven eight fights you know she said she's getting on she's only 31 she's not that old she's younger than fucking me and, and you anyway but um I, I I think Danny is a prospect. Look, we we talked about Danny before she made her her pro debut, but she's a prospect we're re- really going to have to start paying attention to now. And uh, you know, she's coming through, and she's as I mentioned, great time for women's MMA in Ireland. Leah doing fantastic. She's up there ranked. Danny, you know, Ashley Daly back in the day. Catherine Costigan. Uh, it, uh, you know, D Begley, I think is fighting against. Sean, is she fighting? No, she. I don't think she's fighting Sean Bannon, but there's someone else. I think um, Dino Wade's daughter is fighting Sean Bannon. I don't know. I don't know. But it, there's loads of great. And uh, I think Kaya Sullivan, she's fantastic as well. I mentioned D and everyone like that doing fantastic. But Chris Cyborg and Sinead Kavanagh next week. We have to get onto that next. Oh my God, we're talking about biggest fights in Irish MMA history. Conor McGregor aside, we quickly move from one to another one because here we go. We had a bad night last week uh, on Friday. Anyway, we had a good night Saturday. We'll get to that in a second. But we have a chance for the greatest upset in Irish MMA history without a shadow of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. Sinead Kavanagh wins this against Chris Cyborg. Um, I spoke to her a couple of weeks ago. I spoke to her again this week because she did a Bellator, uh, Bellator header day for a media day. Um... And she seemed extremely emotional. You know, she seemed fucking bang up for it. I was even talking to her kind of privately afterwards as well. She's, she said, I'm not afraid of Cyborg. You know, I'm not fucking afraid of her. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to fight my fight. And, um, you know, if she does, she, I, 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 okay, you can call me biased. She has a chance. Who do I think will win? I think Cyborg will win. I think she'll probably end up taking her down. I think she'll probably land some ground and pound. You know, but Sinead Kavanagh... Okay, she's a four seven and four MMA record. If you look at some of those four, she probably should be closer to to maybe ten and one or maybe even eleven and all. You know, looking at, looking at some of them because she had cuts and she had split decision and everything like that. But Sinead Kavanagh can box. You know, please, 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 I implore anyone listen to this, go over and listen to my interview I did with her on, on Sherlock and listen to the the one in Severe MMA too with the 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 uh, the scrum. But 
her story is insane. You know, she was, Sinead Kavanaugh was homeless, winning uh, Irish national boxing championships, fighting against the likes of uh, Katie Taylor and Kerry, Kelly Harrington, who are Olympic gold medalist world champions. You know, her, she, she had a child when I think she was 17 and the father of her child died and then her aunt and uncle died, died in a car crash uh, and she became homeless and her mother, you know, she had issues and she fought through all of that. She transitioned over from boxing. John Kavanaugh was a fantastic help to her and she she's fighting for a world title against fucking Chris Cyborg. Like, this woman does not give up. This, this is a tough tough fucking woman and uh, that's what you need against Chris Cyborg you know and she's a winner no matter if she wins or loses on Saturday night in my book anyway uh, but what what a fucking fight what what what, what an opportunity for, for Sinead Kavanagh um, and I can't wait to see it you know I'm I'm, a, I'm I'm fully biased in this one I won't even say it but are you looking forward <laughs> to it Graham I, I, I'm, I'm nearly tearing up here so you fucking start talking there go on yeah, it's definitely, a, you know, it's a huge fight for Sinead. It's, a, it's the biggest fight of her career. Obviously, uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of the, most recently, Leslie Smith was a majority, majority decision against her. I think anybody, most, nearly everybody who watched that fight, bar the judges uh, who scored it for Leslie, uh, saw what happened in that fight and uh, Sinead kind of picked her apart. Um, obviously, you mentioned um, her saying she's, she's not afraid of Cyborg. We've heard people say that before. Uh, going into fights but you know as you mentioned Sinead's been in there with, with the likes of you know Katie Taylor I know it's boxing but she's been in there with the likes of Katie Taylor Kelly Kelly Hart and these Olympic gold medalists obviously everybody knows about Katie Taylor as a, as a pro as well uh, in boxing so yeah she's been in there with some with some really high level strikers and obviously Cyborg is a very high level striker and this, this is MMA Cyborg could mix in a few takedowns but uh, my don't really see Cyborg doing that unless things start going a bit pear-shaped. So Sinead will be happy. You know, she she wants to stand and bang. I think Cyborg will, will back herself to stand and bang. And I think this is going to be a really good fight. Obviously, you know, uh, I haven't seen any odds yet, but I think Cyborg is going to be a pretty sizable favorite. And, you know, her her long stint at the top and her record and her quality of opponent and her quality of wins and all that stuff, she 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 definitely is the, the deserved favorite. But I think, you know, Sinead is going to offer her a lot of problems here if, if, if Cyborg can't can't get it done early you know she's obviously a big knockout artist early and she's she's shown that in her career but i think Sinead's gonna be very difficult to knock out and she's gonna give as good as she get uh, she gets and i think this is this is a, a much tougher fight uh, for cyborg than maybe um it looks on paper that people who haven't really been following Sinead's career uh think it, think it will be yeah I, I look i think most ways this fight goes it, i think it'll probably be a domination for chris cyborg right but if it turns into a technical boxing matchup it won't be. I, I think Sinead Kavanaugh will give her all she can do if it goes to that. And that's the way Chris Cyborg has been fighting over the last while. You know, she she has adjusted her style, training with Jason Perillo for the last four or five years. And if she does fight like that, Sinead Kavanaugh is probably one of the toughest matchups in that round. Now, as I mentioned, I think she will go and, tr and try to take her round. If she does that, she'll probably have success. And I think she'll, she, you know... Sinead is, has improved her takedown defense an awful lot, but Cyborg, you know, Cyborg's a, a different animal uh, in 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 lots of different ways and lots of different areas, and uh, you know, she it'll be it'll be very tough for Sinead there. But as I said, if it gets to that, and you know, maybe Chris Cyborg will, will see Sinead as oh, this great boxer, I'm going to go out and box her and knock her out, and maybe that will happen. But uh, if it if it gets into a fight like that, I think it'll be funny shit, and I I think people don't really understand how good Sinead Kavanagh actually is in that area and uh, I, I think uh, if she got the chance to show it I think she she will go out and show it but uh, you know 
what a what an opportunity you, gotta, you, you know you got to look at chris cyborg's record and you know her only loss basically uh in 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 recent years is to uh to news, obviously yeah. the pound for pound pretty undisputed pound for yeah. pound best woman of all time and obviously she got knocked out in, in the first round there but you know that, that could happen to anybody in in uh, <laughs> in a fight with with um the best the best woman to ever do it Amanda Nunes so she, she's definitely you know going to be the favourite for a reason here and I think she has more kind of methods of victory but I do think she, you know um, Cyborg will, will try and strike uh, at least early uh, in the fight like she always has she might not go like, straight in for the knockout like she has in the past as you said she's kind of become more kind of a a technical fighter who's willing to kind of take it long and she, she's not just going out there trying to take your head off uh, so yeah, I think I think it's definitely a really tough fight for Sinead, but she seems bang up for it, as you said. It's it's a it's the biggest fight of her life, and and if if Cyborg comes in in here taking Sinead lightly, she could be in for for a surprise. But obviously, as you said, I think you know the the heart would love to say Sinead, but the the head would have to say that Cyborg is the is the favorite here. Yeah, fuck the head, fuck the head. Go on the heart. Anyway. Right, we, we, I can't wait for that. I gotta be, uh, I gotta be up watching that one. And is it Friday night, Saturday night? Let me look here. It is. Oh, it doesn't send. Uh, topology for some reason. Anyway, it's next weekend. We'll 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 find out. Uh, the, the rest of that card, you know, I, I'll be doing a full preview over in Charlotte. You can tune in for that. Uh, Aaron Pico is on the card. Looking forward to seeing him. Valerie Reda, who we mentioned earlier, is on the card as well. And other than that. Uh, not much to be honest, but um, let's get to UFC 268. Uh, and let's look, we're on Irish MMA, we might as well start off with Ian Gary. Moved to 8 0, knocked out Jordan Williams with one second left in the first round. Uh, I, I remember uh, after maybe Ian's first fight or maybe second fight, we came out and we did a podcast and we were talking about, oh, he's maybe taking one or two too many shots and uh, he needs to improve on that. And I, the next interview I did with him, he kind of gave out to uh, he kind of gave out to me for saying that, gave out to you as well uh, for, for, for giving out about him. Uh, but I think we, we're back at that again. <laughs> he's taking one or two shots, Grab. He take it. And he Look, he said that afterwards as well. Anyway, in the scrum, he knows that. But look, it was it was a nervous start. There's no doubt about it. And he, yeah, said, he said himself, yeah. you know, UFC jitters. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, some people try to say, "Oh, there's no UFC jitters," but like we've seen it enough times to know that that there is. Um, and obviously, you know, uh, we've seen Ian look look a lot more kind of smooth and um, more um, control. Flowy. Yeah, flowy. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, than before. I think you know we can definitely believe him on 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 that just from what he said and from what what we know him usually to be like and what he was like in the first first few minutes of that fight. But you know he took a few shots, but uh, you know he got the job done in spectacular spectacular fashion with a with a walk off KO. And um, obviously you know he, we we got to keep mentioning he's so young in his career. He's he's only eight now. This is his this is his first fight in uh, in the UFC, and you know. Uh, He'll he'll go. It's a great win to have. He can go back and with his coaches and work on the things that went wrong. And he'll have that experience of being in the UFC. And you know uh, the jitters won't be as there as won't be there as strong the next time yeah. if at all. So yeah, I think you know he got the job done. He got the finish. He he he. he you know, overcame some adversity, but you know that's that's good. You're, you're never going to go through your, uh, you're never going to go yeah. through your career without adversity. No, absolutely. And I, look, I think you don't even have to look at past fights to see how comfortable he can be. I think this halfway through the round, he kind of 
uh, he settled and he was like ducking away from those shots and he was, you know, fighting a good defensive game. If you wiped away the blood and looked at the second half of the fight, you wouldn't even have a question about Ian Gary's game in, in lots of different ways. Um, but I'm not saying, you know, wipe away that. It was it was definitely an issue and definitely something he needs to look at going forward and improve his game. He's, as he said, 20, what, 23 years of age yet? No. But that, that and I, I think... Maybe people will compare it to maybe Paddy Pimblett a bit, who kind of got rocked in his, and it was obviously way worse than, than this and got to finish as well. The difference between, I think, Gary and Pimblett is Gar- uh, Pimblett has shown long-term uh, that he has deficiencies in his game that he really needs to improve upon. I'm not saying that Gary doesn't have deficiencies in his game or anything, but he hasn't really shown huge deficiencies in his game. He's looked pretty, you know, pretty brilliant so far in his career. Um, and it'll take a good fighter maybe to show him if there are any. So we will, we'll see that in the, in the, uh, in, in the future. But I think maybe people comparing them is, is a little bit foolhardy, really. Um, yeah. you but, know, I think, I think the way it worked out is probably good. Uh, all around yeah. the UFC probably won't like, if you had went out there and done that after 30 seconds with a I minute mean, or you had done that at the end of the round, with no adversity where he had dominated the, the fight, he probably would have been kind of, you know, propelled up the up the rankings in terms of matchups maybe quicker than, you know, we talk about it all the time. We'd like to see <laughs> these Irish guys kind of take a slow roll and, you know, uh, you know, not not do too much too soon, take, not take kind of what we what, what I'd see an unnecessary risk. But uh, you know, if he had a if he had a went down and started Jordan Williams like that, and you know, everybody wouldn't talk about him, and it would have been it would have been uh would have been maybe a little bit too much too soon. Uh, but. You know, obviously he's he's a very confident guy. He's just moved to a new gym. He, he's he's still settling in there. He's he's still young in his career. He's still a very young guy, twenty three. There's loads of potential there. I saw some people trying to like write him off. It's just ridiculous. Um, but you know, obviously there is some stuff to work on. But that's to, to be expected if you're eight now. Like look at any fighter. Uh, look at Habib. Look at uh, any of these guys when they're eight now. They're they're nowhere near the finished article. So, yeah, I think it's it worked out. You know, in the end, it worked out well. He has stuff to go back and work on. He got the win. He got the jitters out of the way. All of that stuff. Yeah, I think it was a it was a great night for Ian Gary overall. Yeah, and do you know what's no harm either? People probably tweeting at him going, "Ah, you're fucking shit." You know, you're 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 lucky to get through that one. You took loads of shots. Cause you know what he hasn't had? He hasn't had that in Cage Warriors. Cause the Cage Sean, Warriors. You shouldn't be mentioned. You shouldn't be mentioning your burner accounts on the on the <laughs> on the podcast. And, um, but you know what I mean, like, and uh, that's not a thing I've thought of before. But the the Cage Warriors fighters have a have a very supportive fan base, you know, and even the media as well. I think it's very very supportive. Even not just Irish fighters, but the UK, you know, the the Welsh and Scottish and English fighters and all. It's it's really much you know it's a very positive scene and it's a very like because we're looking at the next prospects and you're looking at the best of the, where they're going to go and seeing you know the next star when you get to the UFC for a lot of people you're just the next hype trend that's coming through you're just you're just all hype you know you get hit with one shot and oh you're you're just the Conor McGregor wannabe he and he's I guarantee you he's looking at his Twitter this morning or his his Instagram and he's seeing that. And that is a test as well. You know, getting punched in the face and getting your nose uh, bloody is a test. But that mental test as well is a big thing for Ian Gary. And he's a young lad, 23 years of age, and his world has been turned upside down recently in good and bad ways, you know. And that's a thing he's going to have to overcome as well. And, um, you know, it, 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 it's, as I said, a test. But 
when I have to mention, look, the I mentioned the second half of the fight where Ian Gary kind of came on and came into himself. What a fighter, like what a what a brilliant, brilliant display in the second half of that fight. What a brilliant knockout, like shades of McGregor versus Bushinger with that slip and the the, the shot, and he just goes down. You know, I remember I wrote an article about uh, before about uh, I think it was before McGregor's pro debut or, or uh, UFC debut, maybe not, but. Uh, I remember I saying that he blue screened Ivan Bushinger, and that's I think what Ian Gary did last night to Jordan Williams as well. He just shut those lights out, and that power was a, was insane. I know he t- took a couple of shots in the way down, but that fight was done when Ian Gary caught him with that shot. You know, threw the head kick before it, dragged him in, landed the shot, one shot afterwards, and uh, an absolute brilliant spin. Like Ian Gary is one of the best prospects in the world. Make no mistake about that at all, and it's. It's um, it's tough for anyone to be compared to Conor McGregor and be the next. But the way he spoke afterwards, the, the promo he cut, the performance, it's a, it's about as good as you could ever hope for, you know. And I, I, even the the adversity in the, at the start of the fight, that's good as well, you know. You need that. In, I remember before his fight against Jack Grant, he's like, I've never been cut, I've never been hit or anything like that. And he got cut in that fight, and he got, you know, bleeding again tonight, and he got fucking hit. He won't, he won't deny it. You know, he's denied it before getting hit. He won't deny getting hit last night. And he needs to get hit, because you're not going to go and fight the top 15 or the top 5 or the top 1 in the world and not get fucking hit. That's You need to get hit, you know? You need to be able to prove you can get hit and come through it. And uh, and he did that last night, so a fantastic win for uh, for Ian Gary. And, you know, the people say an Irish MMA is dead. I don't think uh, I, I don't think they needed to wait too long for a, for a bit of an, up, uh, an upsurge again. And, you know, it wasn't dead on Friday night either, before Ian Gary even fought. But, um, you know, fantastic performance. I, I said Mickey Gall next. I don't know if Mickey Gall would want to take that fight so much against a guy who's one and on UFC and a guy who's absolutely brilliant, but I think that makes the world of sense. What do you think of that fight? Yeah, well, obviously, they have a common opponent and they, they both beat uh, they both beat the opponent, Williams. So, um, uh, I think, you know, I think if, if, if Gary goes in there and beats Mickey Gall, they could still give him another kind of outside of the, the top 20 guys. So I think somebody like a Mickey Gall, even if it's not a Mickey Gall, uh, if Mickey Gall doesn't want to fight or isn't in, you know, in the same kind of time frame for a turnaround or whatever, then you could give him somebody on the level, I think, on the level of Gall. I think, um, you know, as I said, I don't want him rushed in. I think he said it himself. Uh, I think it was to you in pre-fight, was it? Um, that he's still young in the game. Yeah. He, he, I think you asked. I think yeah, you did ask. But you asked him, uh, or oh, is he the best guy in the gym? I suppose he is, and he's. A, he wanted to say, yeah, you could see by him, but he's like, oh, no, I need. Give me time. You know what I mean? I will be, but give me time. So I think, yeah, the slow roll. Somebody like a Mickey Gall, uh, somebody like you know who's who's a good fighter but isn't in the, the top fifteen, top twenty. Mm-hmm. I think is is the right way to go. Yeah, indeed, hundred uh, percent. Just to run through the card uh, pretty quickly as well. Uh, there was uh, decision wins for Dustin Jacoby, uh, Masilik Bedasharian, and Audie Osborne to, to start it out. A beautiful wheel kick KO for Chris Barnett. You tried to talk me out of picking John Valante <laughs> on the betting show, and you were fucking dead right. I think, uh, but I knew someone to get knocked out. I, I put a tenner on the knockout of this fight. And I, and I won my money anyway, so what a knockout. Absolutely brilliant. you gotta, you got to send me half, are you? <laughs> i got to send you half, yeah. But I didn't put it on him. I just put it on someone to get knocked out. So we were both right, in a way. Um, Edmund Shabazzian, uh, look, this was stupid matchmaking again, giving him Imavov. 
they're just like I don't know I don't know we, look, we uh, yeah. don't have enough time to talk about this today but like take the slow roll with Shabazz and he's proven he's not ready and he's not able for that level and it doesn't matter that there's a number beside his name move him back give him fights give him five fights to build himself back up he'll get the you know 17 18 fights and then move him back into that you know that that wheelhouse uh, it's just too soon it was too it was too much I, I hate this shit and people will probably be listening to this and saying oh but he's ranked number 11 Edmund Shabazzian is not the 11 the best middle the, no, the just, rankings I don't know why people take them so seriously like yeah. if you go I haven't gone in a long time but if you if, over the years if you go and look at the individual uh, votings by the media members some of them are absolutely insane so uh, yeah the rankings I don't, I don't even I, think you can look at them anymore I think they're gone Oh, they've hidden that now because yeah, it's so, so bizarre. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, <laughs> you know, he's on a three-fight losing skid now. Uh, Brunson, Hermanson, and uh, Mamov. Uh, so, yeah, it's just bad matchmaking. We, we, we said it kind of before the Brunson fight, you know, this is this is too soon. Um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, his confidence isn't too bad or he hasn't, you know, taken too much damage that he, that, he, that he can't turn this around. I think he can turn it around if they give him the right matchmaking, but... Uh, I don't know if they will, you know, they, they don't like you thought after the Brunson one, they might after the Hermanson one, they might, but they didn't. So as we said before, uh, I said before in the Joe Silva days, uh, as matchmaker to the UFC, there seemed to be a lot more kind of future planning and thought going into to these prospects. Uh, but nowadays it doesn't really, the, the same care doesn't seem to be taken with these prospects. So hopefully, you know, somebody like an Ingari w- will have that, that care taken with them. Unlike uh, Edmund. Yeah, they'll probably, probably give him fucking uh, Shemayev next now or something. You never know. But anyway, yeah. Uh, Chris Curtis, what a great would comeback. You, would, yeah. would, would, you, 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 like, you know, Shemayev uh, was mentioned by Ian Gary as it was him in the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, um, you know, people were saying, I saw people saying, ah, oh, Shemayev would destroy him. It's like, okay, this guy's just one fight into the UFC. He's 23, he's eight fights in. I know Shemayev, like, you know, is is young in the, in the sport as well. But, you know, we, we don't need to put prospects against each other uh so early i don't know why people always always uh want to do that yeah i i think it's good for ingary to have someone like shimayev to look at like well your wrestling and your takedown defense is gonna Im- have to improve enough that you can beat shimayev like we, yeah. we and, and osman and uh, you know yeah, and him, obviously. Indeed, indeed yeah well like look down through the years weidman he was looking at silva connor was looking at aldo you know everyone's looking at john jones at like everywhere that that's the that's the way to the world looks at uh, you know that's the way the quickie crumbs and Ian Gary mentioned to me years ago that he was looking at Usman and looking at like you know I might not beat him now and he literally said that but I will beat him at some stage so you know it'd be interesting anyway as I mentioned Chris Curtis great comeback against uh, Phil Hawes beautiful left hook real power shot Phil Hawes just kind of dived at the end he was so hurt he was like I need this ground to keep me alive and he was, poor lad he was fucking serious power by Curtis to great comeback there Bobby Green you oh, know. yeah it's a lovely job cross there beautiful oh, beautiful yeah. yeah lovely finish and look there wasn't much only that it was two minutes 25 seconds ally quinta here he wasn't known for it. he's not known for bobby green no. you know i think was that his first his eight first? years i think someone said eight, eight years, years to the day since his last knockout which is fucking crazy yeah. i think it was uh, nolan king who said it on twitter so yeah absolutely crazy but a great win for, uh, for bobby green and you know what uh, bobby green is one of these guys who 
every six fights, he'll have one fucking stinker where he shows up and he's rubbish. But it used to be maybe every three fights before, but now he's improving. Like, if he could get it every night he shows up and he's brilliant, he could go far. You know, I'd love to... Do you know what I'd love to see? Bobby Green versus Conor McGregor. I think that'd be a great comeback fight, but I know that's probably not going to happen because it's Conor McGregor or not. But if we're talking from an, a sporting perspective only, I think that'd be a fun fight. But anyway, that's, that's more than likely not going to happen. Um... Alex Pereira, after a tough first round, he actually thought he defended really, really well. So Alex Pereira is like this world champion footboxer, beat Israel Adesanya and all. Um, you know, Mikolaitis took him down, but he defended well, got back up, got to the cage, lost the first round, came out after 18 seconds, and uh, Jose Aldo on Cub Swanson style, double flying knee, knockout, absolutely beautiful stuff. And, um, you know, we'll be hearing and seeing a lot more from Pehea over over the next year, so we we'll, we won't get into that uh, fully. I'm going to leave Gaethje versus Chandler for this podcast is going to go on forever. Uh, Burgos, a uh, very good fight against Quarantillo, probably one of the most underrated fights of the weekend because of where it, wa- it was. And uh, Frankie Edgar, <sighs> I don't know. Like I I picked Frankie Edgar to win this fight because I just thought Frankie Edgar couldn't be bad enough now at, to lose to Marlon Vera. And now I think Vera has improved, and I think he looked good. But my God, Frank Yeager is a shadow of himself. And I would like the people who sent me abuse two years ago looking for Frank Yeager to retire to come back to me now when he's been knocked out brutally four times in his last seven fights. Where are those fans of Frank Yeager now? That, that's what I fucking want to know. People are giving out to me, oh, you hate Frank Yeager. I didn't want to see this happening to him. He's getting fucking knocked out front kick to the face by a journeyman. Like, what the fuck? Like, I, oh my God. I, I, this is one of the, uh, the parts of MMA I fucking hate. Oh, you can't call for someone to retire. You can't. If if Frank Yeager retired, he wouldn't be going through this. He wouldn't get in this unnecessary damage. Frank Yeager, if he doesn't have enough money, he, he, he does. Frank Yeager has loads of money. He's earned great money. He could do appearances. He could do media. He can do everything for the rest of his life. Frank Yeager should be set. He shouldn't be fucking fighting like this. He looks so slow. He looked completely out of shape. He did, Oh my god, his, his takedowns were the only thing keeping him in it in the first round. And Vera was like, there was a stage there where Vera was just tying with him. Like, the, the, what, I, Frank Yeager, I'm a, a huge fan of Frank Yeager, and this is why I'm saying this. He's one of the most brave fighters we've ever seen, and his bravery was still there last night. He was fucking throwing shots, and he was trying his hardest for uh, like a round and a half. Even after the TKO, he yeah. was at the ref. Yeah. Here, come on. A, Frank Yeager's <laughs> a fucking animal, and I've. The utmost respect for Frank Yeager, and I, he's a, a great guy, uh, uh, everything. I couldn't say enough things about Frank Yeager, and that's why I never want to see him fight again. Please, we don't want another fucking BJ pin. We don't need this. I, I, like, I, I would implore people to, to fucking think of Frank Yeager, and I tried to think of Frank Yeager two years ago, three years ago, whenever it was, and look what we've seen happen, but I don't know. I just, I feel very strongly about this. Like, like it's... Fucking, I don't like to see this happening to people. I really don't like to see it happening to people. And I said, I remember those exact words, it's only going to get worse for Frank Yeager. And look where we are now. You know, look where we are. What, what did you think of it? Did, am I overreacting or what do you think? Um, yeah, like, I think the people who support Frank Yeager will say, you know, he was he was a competitive fight until the end. But yeah, I think if, you, if you've been watching Frank Yeager for years and, you know... Um, He's definitely a shadow of what he was before, and as you mentioned, he's taken a lot of damage. Even when he was years ago, when he was when he was on his way to the, the lightweight title, he, he was taking a lot of damage. Uh, uh, obviously, the Graham Maynard fights are, are you know historically big comebacks where he took a lot of a lot of damage, and now you know he's getting front kick knocked out by Marlon Vera. Um, 
he's not going to retire. So uh, I don't know. It's uh, hopefully the UFC can kind of match him up with, with uh, you know, who can like you know they have to really kind of go to the the bottom of the the division to kind of match him up with, with winnable fights going forward. So maybe they'll do that, or maybe they'll they'll use him to try and make make names off him, which is probably probably the most the most likely thing and if he if he wants to make that that money you know it's his choice but for for the long-term future and for for the kind of legacy of his career it's it's it would be better for him to step away but yeah it's not going to happen yeah i yeah i agree um right just to get you against michael chandler oh god (laughs) jesus christ fight of the year candidate oh, just insanity Chandler started off with fast landing some brilliant shots yeah, he came out to knock his head off yeah. he really did 100% a close first round just won the second you know nearly nearly a 10-8 I would say landed brilliant shots Chandler was winning the third but then Justin Gacy landed a huge shot and honestly I'm I'm trying to give you like a roundup of this fight there's no fucking point no one cares I don't care who Justin Gacy won I don't care this was a fantastic fucking fight Michael Chandler, everyone won. Michael Chandler went out there and he went out there to do nothing but have a fucking war of attrition with Justin fucking Gaethje. What a mad bastard Michael Chandler is. Like, what? He he went out to to have a fight that most people would reckon he will probably lose. You know, no one wants to get into a fucking war of attrition with Justin Gaethje. And he did it anyway. Like, and he did a great job of it, he really, did, as well, yeah, he even did. though he lost. He did a fantastic job. I have, I've always had respect for Michael Chandler, you know, a fantastic fighter, but God almighty, my respect levels for him went up tenfold after after this. And uh, Look, Justin Gaethje, what a what a fighter as well. An absolute, like, I, I was maybe a bit negative, and a lot negative maybe, and I won't roll back in it, after the Habib fight, because he was showing up a little bit for what he is on the ground. Uh, but, like... Just to get getting him to the ground is another thing, though. Yeah, yeah that's that's the issue. What do you, yeah, yeah, exactly. What he is when he gets to the ground, I suppose. But his wrestling is very good. He's striking, obviously. But he's he's just his mentality and his his fucking chin. God Almighty! Like this man. He, the weird thing about Gaethje is right. Just the lack of, the lack of facial expression. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, wow, what are you talking about? You, it looks like he gets hurt and he's like rocked up against the fence and he's like, oh no, well and grand. It's like like. 15 seconds later I've never seen anyone with the ability to fucking recover like Justin Gaethje does he's an absolute a fucking animal he is but uh what a fight there's like there isn't much yeah, we can say about brilliant. it just go and watch it again or if you haven't seen yeah. it yet just oh, what a fight what a fight just a drag him fucking oh the blood on Michael Chandler and he was smiling that cut right over Michael Chandler's right eye in I don't know how he got how he got through that because it was going right into his fucking eye oh what a fight! What a what a brilliant fight! Justin Gaethje, Michael Chandler, three cheers for you lads! Absolutely fucking brilliant! Um, and in the two main events, the the, the championship fight rose Namiunas Zhang Weili, Colby Covington, Kamarus. And how did you score Namiunas versus Zhang? Uh, I had a forty eight forty seven for Namiunas, but there was some extremely uh, close rounds in there. Um, I thought the first round uh, was Yang. Thought so the second round was uh, Nami Yunus, and the fourth and fifth were Nami Yunus, and the third was Yang. But uh, I think, yeah, was that right? is that right? Yeah, that you one? could. Yeah, 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 I think so. I think so. I'm trying to remember exactly now. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think every single round was was really really close. Um, I I thought. Um, 
I thought, you know, they, they came down. I thought, you know, I think when Rose throws her strikes, they don't look as powerful as they are. I think we've learned that over the years with her with her knockouts that maybe the, the shots have more impact than maybe it looks uh, when she's throwing them. I think when Yang throws, she kind of throws, and it looks like she's throwing harder. But I, I do think Rose w- was was landing better impact than maybe she was getting credit for. And I think over the years she she has done that. I think maybe because of her her frame or. or something like that that people think oh, these punches aren't, aren't really doing anything but I think she's shown over the years even against uh, Yang in the first fight that uh, you know she does have big power and I, I, I think she did hurt Yang um, several times in, in those rounds as well I know she got hurt a couple of times as well but uh, yeah I think when it went to the ground I think mm, there was little elbows from the back from Yang and there was kind of small ground and pound from Nami Yunus but she did land the odd kind of big shot in there that I thought kind of maybe stole those rounds where, where it was very close, but it was one of those that you probably have to go back and watch again with a, with a fine two pick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think most of what you said there was, was absolutely 100% very fair. I thought, on the field, I would agree with Rose and the shots. Maybe she didn't get enough credit for such a close back and forth fight. Like, really, uh, there really wasn't much impactful landed at any stage during the fight. Maybe, you know, maybe one or two shots, but like, I think that there was like one shot where it looked like Rose knocked her down, but it was a slip. And I know maybe the judges saw that and, and would have scored that. So there's absolutely no problem with that. But look, I, I just quickly, I'll run through what I said. I thought the first round was very close. I just thought Jeng's leg kicks were maybe enough to take it. Rose got a, a takedown, but not, not much, um, you know, I, I thought Jang was no impact out of it. Yeah, yeah. I thought Jang was just ahead. Round two, uh, I thought that was a good round for Zhang. I thought it was a pretty clear round for her. She was landing lovely uh, high leg kicks, you know, on the top of the leg. Hurt Rose with a left hook at one stage. She got a takedown. Rose got a late takedown, but did absolutely nothing with it. Um, the, the third round, Rose was fighting longer. Um, yeah, that was around where Jang slipped, and it looked like it was uh, it was it was a knockdown. So I think a couple of the judges gave her that round. But other than that, I think Jang's leg kick. She got the back at one stage. She got into the mount. She wasn't landing much. So I had a three 0 Jang at that stage. But I could see a two one for Rose as well at that stage, right? Um, in the the fourth round was the first round they gave to Rose Nami Yunus, but that was close too. Um, Jang got her back at one stage, but Rose got on top. Rose is landing some ground about. I thought that was the best ground and bound of the fight from Rose. Um, um, nothing. She didn't land too much, but I thought it was just enough. The fifth round, I know I'm out in a, I'm out in the fucking island by myself here, but Rose landed fuck all in that round. Like Zhang, Rose and Amunis, right? I think people need to go back and watch this with no commentary on, because um, she got Rose took down Zhang and. As she was getting taken down, and for the next five seconds, Zhang landed maybe ten elbows, like bang, 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 uh, bang, bang, bang. I think they were just kinda, there wasn't much in them though. They, they were just what did Rose from, land? I think she landed a couple of bigger shots where Yang had her head kind of on the, the canvas, the where the, Im- the, Im- the impact is going to be much bigger when your head has nowhere to go. I, I just thought the like the commentary didn't even mention them. She didn't even mention the up kicks. She landed two nice up kicks. I thought she was clearly winning the ground from the bottom, uh, or winning the, the round from the bottom, um, should I say. I, I don't know. I, 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 a hundred, it was a, look, it was a close round, but like, I, I think Zhang won that round. It's not about the position, it's about what you, you land and what you do from the position. And I just thought, yeah, so you, you had a 4 1 for Yang. I, I think, yeah, 49 46. No, I think, like, you know, it is, it is, the rounds were very, very close. They are, and you, yeah. I could see you it. Could kinda, I could see it. Depends a what you're looking for. for yeah. yeah. 
So I, I think it's one of those fights where maybe if you might, as you said, go back and watch with the volume down or go back and watch it as a judge, you, you might score it differently. But at the time, I did think that Rose did enough. But, you know, there was several rounds in there where I was like, oh, I was trying to think back what was the kind of the big moments. And as you said, there wasn't very many. So yeah. you kind of yeah. had to, yeah, like, I you had to kind of say, oh, did, was this shot kind of, yeah. you had to kind of pick out which shots you thought were more impactful. And it's always a, a hard thing to do. I, I think if it took, like, my, I have probably a controversial opinion on the fifth round. Even if you take that out, right, uh, I still think uh, Zhang would have won it. Let, let's say uh, I give the fifth round to Rose. Three, I think she's won 3-2. I could see 3-2 for Rose as well, absolutely. So it wasn't a robbery or anything like that. Yeah. I well, the third round was very, very close. Yeah, all the rounds were very, yeah, very close. All, yeah. I, I didn't think it was a great fight, to be honest. Um, they're just, well, I just think there wasn't enough. I thought both were a bit nervy. I thought Zhang, I didn't think she fought her fight I, I still, even though I think I think she won four one, I didn't think she fought her fight because I think she was fighting the Dynamic Units fight too much, which led to a closer fight, which led to a worse fight than it could have been. I think it's a pity because you know the first one obviously ended closely, and uh, it was you know if she, it's a pity Zhang didn't win almost so we could see a third fight, so we could see the proper fight maybe you know that these two skill sets would would uh, match up against each other but alas it doesn't doesn't work like that and look fair play to Rose and Amunis, uh, a great champion and, and a great fighter at uh, at 11 and 4 now so uh, well done to her uh, and then the main event Cameron Usman versus Colby Covington um, another one that I feel like Colby kind of it's not that he left it behind him but I think he left behind the game plan for like the first couple of rounds like I Colby Covington, at his best, is a relentless uh, um, wrestle boxer. And I said wrestler last night. Maybe I should have said wrestle boxer. Because you look at the last couple of rounds, and Colby was wrestle boxing, like old school fucking Randy Couture, throwing in double legs, pushing him against the cage, landing six and seven shots, dirty boxing. That's what Colby Covington is great at. And Colby Covington's not a great technical striker who throws in a takedown every, you know, 45, not even 45, every two minutes. That's that's not what makes Colby Covington great. He tried to adjust his game to be a technical striker against Cameron Usman, who's adjusted and become a great technical striker over the, while, the last while. I, I, and the, the biggest issue, I think, is I didn't think Usman fought that well at all. I, I, I didn't. I didn't think it was his best performance whatsoever. I think he's become a fantastic fighter. I think he's probably the best fighter in the world at the moment. But I think Usman let it be a close enough fight early, even though I think he won the first two rounds. I think the, he definitely won the second round anyway. You know, he almost finished in there. But the first round was close. But then Colby kind of came on. Third, he got a late takedown and some strikes. Uh, he landed after. It was close on the feet. Uh, they were both landing hard in the fourth. Usman landed the, the one kind of real hard shot. But then Colby landed a body kick. Nice shots laid and was, you know, 2-2. Two, two. I thought oh, Usman was slightly better uh, in the fifth in and, and won the decision. I think, uh, you know, all the judges showed it, had it that way. I think one judge had it 4-1. But um, I don't know. Like, it was a very good fight. But this is another fight where we've had two fights and I still feel like we haven't had the proper fight. Like, we had for maybe two and a half rounds of this one where Colby was really doing what he should have been doing for the previous fucking Once eight he was rounds. already in the hole, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, oh, it's so frustrating. As Like, I'm not a fan of Colby Covington. Or, I'm a fan, look, I'm a fan of Colby Covington as a fighter. I'm a fan of Usman as a fighter and all these people. But I, It's all uh, business, Sean. He's gotten to you. No, but I hate when... 
I'm blind taking call beside her. Like I hate when someone doesn't produce. No, I'm only joking. I'm yeah. just talking about him saying that was when it's all business. Oh, he? oh did he? Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't. He's trying to be McGregor, so does he? But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a. It was a pity we didn't see that. But what, what did you think of it? I just talked for ages there. But what, what did you think of it? <laughs> Yeah, um, obviously the the kind of the, the fights before the the two title fights kind of had a, a lot more ex- excitement uh, finishes, and obviously the Gaethje Chandler fight that we talked about. So, but the the jeopardy it was there. Like these were these were close rounds where you know uh, they were on a they were on a knife edge. Even even the ones that that Usman won, if if Covington had landed a a big strike, he could have stolen that round. So it, it was it was an intriguing fight. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't yeah, it wasn't the kind of you know um, maybe the the scrap that um, Covington should have made it or should have, or it kind of turned into that. But it wasn't the game plan, as you said, took too long to kind of be implemented until it was basically too late already. He did like he did. He did really well to survive the second round. Like I looked at one stage, like he was going to be finished there. He's definitely a really tough guy, and he's he's you know he's hard as nails, and he comes to fight. But you know, I think maybe I don't know. Maybe it was emotions or or the moment, or he I don't know what it was. That he, he usually, yeah. Did you think so? I thought he looked very nervous in the walkout. And I don't think that's like him necessarily. Yeah, mm. it was weird. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose he had been finished in the in the first match so maybe maybe that that played into his head and he took a while to get going but you know he's lost twice now it really was the time to kind of get it fucking done or you know he's gonna have to he's gonna have to work his really work his way back to this i doubt i doubt there's gonna be a, a third match anytime soon so yeah i think he'll be disappointed that he kind of only got going going late but i think you know usman obviously has to take a lot of credit for it he, he nearly finished him in the second round he's he's a very dangerous guy he's very hard to take down he, it's hard to get past his jab He's definitely a more technical striker than than Covington, so I think, you know, uh, taking account the the kind of skill discrepancy, he did he did pretty well in overall in the end. But he definitely will be him and his coaches will be looking at back, and then if we could have just kind of got going, what we got going a bit a little bit earlier, we we could have won this fight. Yeah. Could have won this title. Yeah, I think you probably could have because I did think Usman looked a bit off. You know, he's. Yeah, he just, I didn't fight his, fight his normal game, I think, and I think he'd be better next time. But yeah, uh, a good fight. I like the first one. I think it could have been better. The first one was a better fight, I think. But I still think that could have even been better. But anyway, uh, but uh, overall, uh, a great week in the, in the world of, of mixed martial arts and lots of madness. Next week, um, we mentioned, obviously, the Bellator card. There's a very good UFC card, actually. Cynthia Calvillo fighting uh, Andrea Lee. Um, uh, Kennedy Njuku is back here. Tiago Moises, Joel Alvarez. That's a very good fight in the undercard. Courtney Casey is on the card. Sean Woodson, I'm a big fan of his. Kyle Dawkins is fighting Roman Delidza. Song Yadong against Julia Arce. Uh, ben Rotwell is back. And then in the main event... Marcia Casey as well. Marcia Casey as well, yeah. I mean, he was at the very bottom, yeah. He's, uh, he is fighting Rafael Alva, so that should be fun. But Yair Rodriguez versus Max Holloway. Briefly, I suppose, before we go, we'll talk about it more in the Q&A and stuff because this podcast will go on forever. Uh, what, a, what a fucking fight this is. I think this will be absolutely brilliant. Look, I, I think... Uh, if I ah uh, yeah, I, I think Max Holloway should have his way here. Yeah. To be honest, uh, I, I do too. I was about to say that. Yeah. yeah, but I think it will be fun until he kind of does have his way because Yair Rodriguez poses problems. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But uh, Max Holloway solves problems, <laughs> so uh, I think uh, I think that's probably the way it will go here. But I'm really looking forward to it as a fun fight. I think Yair has proven uh, we don't even need to mention it with Max, but Yair has, Yair Rodriguez has proven over the last while that he can get it, get into a war and go through a war and have a very fun fight. Not always come out on the, on the winning side of it, but um, 
you know, his, his fight with TKZ will go down in, in history as a classic. And Max Holloway has had classic after classic after classic. So um, I don't know if this one be a classic. I, I kind of... I kind of feel like it'll be a, maybe a better and maybe a more maybe not necessarily even but even for a while uh, matchup until uh, until Holloway wins it. But I can't wait. Should be fun. Uh, and uh, yeah, we will we will leave it at that. We've had so much talk today. We probably left something out if we did. My apologies, but we will uh, we will get to it. We'll have more podcasts throughout the week anyway. Um, if you have any questions at Severe Pod, and I will have the Q and A on Tuesday morning, like always. Graham, um, what a, what a week for as I mentioned again. The Severe May YouTube has been absolutely banging this week. I forgot to mention Tio as well. He was over in UFC two six eight. Did a fantastic job. Got some uh, got some great videos from there as well. And all the lads at the, at the Bellator Media Day and uh, the Bellator their fight night as well. Fantastic stuff. So uh, credit all the lads in Severe May, and uh, you know we will continue to do it. And if you want to support us, patreon.com forward slash Severe May podcast. If you enjoyed the stuff we did this week, that's how you support us, right, Graham? I need to end this quickly because the video uh, thing that I put up on YouTube is one hour 27 and we're one hour 26 and 20 seconds so quickly give us our inspirational quote of the week from morrissey whoever you give it from uh, they aren't inspirational quotes but uh, <laughs> uh a dreaded sunny day so let's go where we're happy and i'll meet you at the cemetery gates uh, you are prepared today you fucker we'll see you all next tuesday or whenever we come back next Sunday, probably good luck <laughs>